This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Well, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take a play or film that has either never been staged before or is never likely to be staged again, and we talk about how we stage it. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello. And this week we're joined by lighting designer and friend of the pod, Will Heyman. Hi guys, thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. So this week we are talking about Attack the Block. Will, would you like to give us a little rundown of what Attack the Block is all about? Yeah, of course. So the loose premise of Attack the Block is hoodlums are in the street, and when they come across this nurse walking home and decide to to mug her but all goes wrong when they find out that a, a massive meteor crashes into a car on the street and then all hell breaks loose for them it turns out this meteor is an alien who's crashed um so the gang go to try and raid the car for any valuables that might be inside it and decide it would be a fun idea to chase this alien down the leader of the gang moses ends up killing this alien and then unfortunately for him a load more more violent scarier aliens come in and attack and then chase down Moses, and then the film continues with their battle against these aliens, essentially. Yeah, so it's made in 2011. It's kind of all about that era of living in a council estate or a council block in South London, but it's told through the sort of frame of having these aliens attacking the block and the kind of how that affects that kind of community. Mm, and we see the dynamics between them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put this in a theatre. What kind of theatre do we want to put it in? I mean... I watched this film and I, and I was concerned because there's just so many settings. Yeah. So how do we want to find a way to simplify that? Has anyone got any ideas? I think, first of all, I think there's a way of trimming some of the settings so that they're either not there or they're offstage action that is kind of explained later on stage. I also think with a simple set, you could make it quite sort of malleable to different the different settings. So, I mean, I think you could even attempt to do it in a small black box studio theatre sort of you know 50 to 100 seater and and there's probably enough that you could do with lighting and sound to create those settings uh that you could potentially even do it yeah sort of quite small budget in that way Mm -hmm. yeah i I think i agree because if we're trying to do it in a large-scale theater then we've got to think of ways to realistically create all of these i mean i'm just looking on the page here i've got about 15 different settings here and i think that would be pretty pretty much near impossible so i think trying to work in a in a, in a minimalist setting would probably be best so I'm, I'm up for that yeah i mean so i was thinking along the same kind of lines about the minimalist setting but to be honest i very much saw it in a bigger kind of venue so like a kind of playhouse scale stage that kind of thing the kind of 650 sort of seater you know pros arch fly tower kind of space simply because the things that it would allow you to do all the fireworks going off all the time shout to me pyro is the best way you can do it <laughs> and you can't you can't do that in effectively in a black box studio um but i think the minimalist set thing is perfect because you, you're right you can't constantly have say 15 different settings so in my mind you're focusing on the main one, which Caleb touched on in his introduction, that um, it's all about this kind of council block life, this council living in a council state lifestyle. It's in the title, it's Attack the Block, right? So in my head, you have this big concrete-like structure at mm. the back of the stage, and by its very nature, it's very flat, very monotone, and it gives you space to then kind of build on top of it, whether that's projection or whether that's bringing stuff in front of that, flats flown in maybe, to give kind of the sense of 
things coming from the sky, you know, it ties it all in. I'm thinking in my head of a recent production of Mallory Towers that's currently touring the UK. That itself has a lot of different settings in it, but their set is just one big, it's essentially like a castle on stage that is just plain white, and they create all of their settings through projection, whether that's projecting um, a kind of riverscape onto the back or a skyline or a chalkboard for the classroom. I really that's how that. they do that. And that kind of, and I think that kind of imposing, grey, monotone, council block structure would really get across the sense of the play, but also give you space to build on top of it if you want to create these other settings. Well, and you were saying about the, the film off air, Jake, that, that that whole setting of the block is like used as an establishing shot throughout the film mm. as like, you know, there's this sense that it's almost kind of ethereal and like spaceship-like, but it's mm. also like setting it as this is one place with lots of people living it and it, and it creates one community. So I think actually... If we were yeah, if we're going down the route of a, a bigger theatre, having that big setting at the back of a of a block and then projecting not necessarily with projection, but as in projecting onto that new settings through lighting, yeah. bits of set. And even then you can still use minimalist set. I'm thinking like, you know, your standard like black blocks and things like that that kind of build into different bits of set. And it'd be more about the way that the actors use those bits of set rather than what they actually look like. And I yeah. think audiences these days are pretty susceptible to just being taken along with if someone's lying on this it's a bed if someone's you know three people are sat along it it's a sofa kind of thing yeah it's all about suspending disbelief right that phrase gets thrown about all the time if you if the characters are there talking on stage about this is an underground car park then all you need is a bit of low lighting to kind of to kind of deal with that, mm. and then the grayscale background of the stage will work fine, and then the audience will get the location from mm. the from the context itself. Mm. Absolutely, and as you say, that gives us opportunity for pyrotechnics, which there are a couple yeah. moments in the in the show that would require that. But it also gives an opportunity to project onto the back, and there's a couple moments that I think that you could effectively use projection. Yeah. Um, to sort of tell parts of the story. Mm. Okay, so let's say then we've decided that we're going with a kind of small but technically capable space, or an intimate but technically capable, something like the Almeida or the Young Vic or something along those Yeah, things. I think, to be is honest, that... uh, one thing that's in my head is, is as soon as you try and go much bigger than that, so you think about kind of your ATG theatres, big touring mm. spaces, then the kind of audience that's going there is going to be expecting the very kind of realist bells and whistles mm. entertainment theatre. So if you say you're putting Attack the Block on something about fireworks, crashes, road chases, things falling out of the sky. Yeah. And they go and you go in and present this kind of minimalist thing where in theatre you can't achieve those mm. to the very realist degree, then I think ultimately audiences are going to be expecting a physical flaming ball somehow coming through the sky. Whereas putting it in that slightly smaller but still capable space allows you to get away with that more kind yeah, of absolutely. Um, representative staging as opposed to anything else. Yeah, I think that definitely works, yeah. Well, we talked a bit about set. I suppose we could talk through the settings quickly and, and talk about how we might um, present those on stage, mm. and we can, and that way we can talk about the the set, but also the lighting and sound and yeah. stuff as well. Do you want to go through those? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so we start off. I guess we start at the beginning. We start off um, outside. We start off in, in the mugging scene. Is the most is the kind of the important yeah. section, which immediately leads into them finding this smaller alien that that, that kickstarts the plot. So they're on a road with cars on either side. Um, I think this one in the minimal space is pretty easy. I think we just we just have nothing on stage really, mm. Um, mm. and we, I think it's quite easy to believe that that's that that is a um, a road. And I mean, a lot of the time when I'm doing lighting design, one of the main things in my head is I'm thinking about where is the light coming from in this situation. 
And nighttime's always a hard one because, well, there is no light really other than reflection. But then by putting a kind of blue backwash on stage, it tricks your eye into thinking that that's just dim blackness. Mm-hmm. And you have streetlights as well. But that's, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So you're saying nothing on stage, but you've got light coming from streetlights. You put a, one or two practical streetlights mm-hmm. on the stage, then immediately the audience is like, right, we're outside, we're at nighttime, the streetlights are on, we know exactly where, we're up, where we are. And that's, a really, that's one really cheap thing that you can just put on to immediately create the setting yeah Yeah, i think those first few scenes take place outside and i think that there's a way of doing that with as you say pretty much nothing on Mm. stage maybe a couple of street lights and then from there you go into the underground car park if i'm not mistaken Um, there's a little bit first where they all decide to kind of kit themselves up and this is uh when we see there's an old lady that takes in sam who gets robbed into her apartment and then we see all of the boys go into their very into their own apartments and we see how they interact with their own family one of them has lives with their grandma and there's a single dad single mom kind of thing showing i think the point is to show the the varied but similar in some ways socioeconomic backgrounds that they have um, so this is a moment that i feel we could do with cutting on stage because it's a moment that really works for the medium of film mm, but for yeah. stage wouldn't work I think instead you could have the moment where they're all deciding to suit up and then they come back on stage ready and suited up mm. and and whether you have that in some kind of sort of choreographed moment where they're they're suiting up they're all in separate spotlights across the stage and mm. they're all suiting up but just on stage I think maybe that would work but I think you know you've got to think not only about like that's showing several settings at, at, at once but also it's increasing the cast size by an incredible number for very small cameo roles so it'd be a moment that I would cut down and try and, and try and present in these like sort of separate spotlights across the stage perhaps. yeah I completely agree yeah I get you cutting down that definitely and I think the point about cast size is a really big one but I think like by cutting out that scene mm. um, you're losing not the kind of suiting up element because I don't think that's the focus you're losing how these boys are interacting with their families because um, Samantha is constantly asking Moses who do you live with when, when they go into his apartment at the end to turn on the gas and sort that out he's, he, he tells us that he's living with his uncle but his uncle's away all the time and it's all about that kind of council estate life so in my head if we're going with the council estate style housing at the back of the stage if you in my head it's the kind of terraced block three sort of balconies high of a row of flats. So all you'd have to do is kind of cross-light each one individually and you wouldn't have to have a different location because each scene takes place on the balcony of their house as each individual character is running into the door and then running out again. Mm. But there's still room for the dialogue there. And even if the dialogue came from off stage, you could have the windows on in the house lit up from behind to give the impression of someone inside or even a silhouette, which only one actor does. But it's again, you have to think about what's the bits that are important to cut, whether it's essential to the plot. Uh, I don't think it's impossible to do, but I think in some ways that could be a solution. It, it, yeah, in some ways that moment of Moses at the end could be left as a reveal anyway. If we haven't had those yeah. early moments, but I, I take your point, and I think if if there's a way of making it work without having to increase the cast size hugely then that works as well and yeah. we can kind of either of those solutions probably works for that moment yeah because we want to be careful with uh, if we're thinking so much about getting the major plot points across what we'll lose is that those plot points are actually there as devices to tell us about something about the way people live in this in in this area uh, or area is probably the wrong word in this state i don't know i don't know what the word is so yeah i think it'd be really good to try and get those things in i think having a two-tiered stage would get us there really nicely mm. I, I, mm. I like that um, so um, and then 
still before the underground park, car park, we we see the weed room, which uh, I think yes. we can talk about, which is really cool. I think that that you can do with you could fly in some sort of like halogen lights, right, and then you can project onto the back. If we're using the sort of grey sort of background, you can project onto the back a sort of in the film, it, it's rows of weed plants, and you could just project that behind the characters, and you can see the rows of weed plants behind them in some ways. And then you have the halogen light bulbs to give that light on stage. And, and I think that that would kind of give us that setting without having to bring loads of stuff on stage and take it all off again and keep the stage pretty free for the actors to do whatever they want with. I completely agree with that. I'd add one thing, though, in my head, because when I first watched that scene... The impression it gave me was a kind of Breaking Bad style aesthetic in the final series of Breaking Bad when they start cooking their meth inside these tents, inside houses, because you've got all this tarpaulin hung up. Mm. So I'd do the exact same thing, but I'd fly in a oh, massive yeah. sheet of tarpaulin yeah. right in the front of the stage and I'd probably back project onto it. Yes, so yeah. giving the impression of all the weed behind this sheet but then you still have this kind of division and acting space in front. I love the idea of flying in fluorescent light, so I think that works yeah, really well. I like I think that. that works really, really well. Got a lot of fly bars going. <laughs> <laughs> Again, but that, that's in backing as well, why we should use a kind of bigger theatre yeah, space. Yeah. It seems yeah. to be technically, technically capable. Yeah. So then we have, still, before the underground car park, yeah. we have the police car moment where the boys are arrested and then these aliens come and kill the police officers. And so we've somehow got to work that out. So... My suggestion for this would be, I, I've seen um, a couple of productions at Chichester Festival Theatre that use this technique for cars where they just have a bar with two headlights on and then they just have two actors or one actor holding that bar and the, the, the stage is in pitch black. You could do that with, with a police car. You have a bar with the headlights and then someone else holding the lights, the blue and red lights above. Mm. Bring that onto stage and then that you, you've told the audience there's a police car there now mm. and then the action that takes place outside the police car can be lit in front of that and then mm. the action that takes place inside can be lit in that that area and it kind of means that the, the actors themselves create those spaces that are smaller than the kind of grand space of the stage that we're trying to use yeah i completely get that idea but for me watching the film this was one of the big sticking points for me and it wasn't necessarily presenting the cars or presenting kind of the crash or the aftermath of that it's how do you get the motion because so much of this film is about fast-paced motion, whether it's on bicycles, mm. whether it's the big car chase scene, whether it's the head-on collision between hi-hats and, and the police car. Mm. And I haven't found out, so I don't know how you present the fast car chase motion that you see so often in films, in James Bond films, that works so well. Yeah. On stage, I don't get how I you... think the combination of that technique with the, the bars with lights on, mm. with sound, can create that atmosphere. I've seen it um, used in a production I was actually in where the, the the lights are being taken around the stage with this sound of the car going and the way that the, they sort of combine, it, it gives that sense of motion, especially if the stage is in complete blackness. As the lights go across, it looks as though they're going faster than they're actually going. Yeah, and I think if you're using haze at this point as well, yeah, then you get the oh, beam of the head. I imagine using haze throughout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it later, but there are so many scenes in the film when the when the block is well and truly being attacked mm. that the whole corridor is filled with smoke. And mm. that's one thing you definitely can effectively portray on stage using a smoke machine 
and that give that kind of what can you see, what can't you see by piercing light through it to reveal characters, yeah. to disappear characters. That would work really nice. Yeah. I also think um, with, maybe not the car scenes, but with some of the chases with that involve running after aliens, you've got the opportunity for using the space in which the audience is in as well and coming Absolutely. off the stage. Yeah, I think that could definitely work. I mean, so just to speak about the aliens quickly, we were talking about before, um, using sort of Warhorse-style costume uh puppets sort of merged with these sort of costumes that include the whole actor so the great thing about the design of these characters is they're these big furry black aliens but then their mouths are sort of luminous blue so that gives the perfect opportunity for a puppeteer to be covered with the black cloak so you can't see them but to have that control over the mouth to breathe life into these sort of alien creatures on stage um and to have that chasing around the audience would look amazing if you have these sort of LED like blue mouths and then the black the black sort of fur cloaks over the actors who are playing them. Yeah, so I immediately got quite excited when I saw these aliens. And there was what there was one line in the film which particularly caught my mind because as a lighting designer I'm constantly thinking about colour and colour theory. And there's a point where I think it's Moses looks at this alien and says, Wow, that is black, that is blacker than black. And the point is that it's there was a scientific uh, material discovered recently that scientists have claimed to be the darkest black that absorbs all light. And it seems like that's the material that they're presenting this as. So to somehow create that on stage, I don't think it's impossible because it comes through the costume. Mm. But to create that real sense of darkness, it's, it's almost the opposite of what I do as a lighting designer. I'm always, always thinking about where to put light and trying to get these, these aliens represented on stage. We've got to suck the light away. And that'd be something really interesting to work with costume in. But then having these LED teeth, it almost the same as you would with fibre optics, where if we get a kind of moulded, frosty plastic for the teeth, you run a you run a fibre optic cable down somewhere in the costume with a bit more room, stick a light source in, and then you've got these teeth can really glow up nice and nice yeah, and brightly. Yeah. And I think as you're saying that there's real opportunity for for either puppetry in that way or for they're literally just to be a person in a mm. big black costume because the aliens are so like they're just simple quadrupeds they're very simple things that actually would be really really interesting opportunity i think for actors to have a go at playing their own kind of wild animal yeah if, if we wanted to do it without puppetry absolutely yeah, yeah and i mean when i say puppetry i don't mean like it being in that costume mm. but just having extensions on that person mm. e.g. the mouth and the and like the legs and stuff yeah. that's a kind of puppetry is what okay. I mean so it's not like your typical like marionette or anything like that well no I was thinking because a war horse is when you have the animal is it controlled by external people yeah. and you'll have three or four people on each animal um, and so they, it gives a very different vibe and I think what we'd want to think about is how we want to pull these elements together whether if we're having the kind of very simple police car or we're having very realistic flats, or having, you know, and all pull these things together into are we making it kind of skeletal things that we can imagine around, or are we making things as realistic as we can? I think in some ways to have all of the earthly elements, like the flats and the police cars, to be these skeletal things, but mm. then the aliens to be these full body costumes mm. would give a, an increased sort of sinisterness to the, the alien design. And, and talking about making them as black as possible as well. Using a lot of backlighting for the aliens as well will yeah. emphasise their silhouette against the stage as well. And you can do that throughout to really give that impression. I mean, part of what I, I was thinking about doing as well is leaving it as long as possible to actually show the aliens. So in uh, um, apart from the first one that Moses kills. So in the film, we see the alien 
kill the policeman outside the van. But actually, in this, you could have the killing of the policeman happen off stage, and um, or even you could have it at the side of the stage just with like a quick flash of light. And and but if the light, the main focus of the stage is on the police van, which we're creating out of this sort of skeletal bars, it means that like that reveal of these aliens, these creatures, happens later on in the show, and that kind of gives even more sort of lends even more sinisterness to the those creatures mm, mm. yeah i really like that i, I will come on in a sec to, to talk about how when we when we do eventually have to have a death on stage how we how we go about that um but let's get to the underground car park yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we are in the underground car park how do we differentiate this from the weed room if we're thinking halogen lights and things like that i, I guess if we're having the dark pool in and then we then we've got that differentiation pretty much built in I think how far they, the lights are flown in. Mm, so for true. the for the weed room, you bring the halogen lights right down, mm. and then for the underground car park, you just bring them halfway up. Mm. I, I think that the, the sort of distance between stage and light will will kind of give that impression. Um, I saw a production of um, Othello once that that used candlelight, and the lower the candle. Uh, the sort of candelabras were then the the sort of actually the darker it was on stage because the the light is further up so and and so that gave sort of impressions of day and night and i think you could do a similar sort of thing here to give the the different impression of setting yeah and i think there's definitely a chance to use color here too i mean both for cost purposes and to give you that rgb effect i probably wouldn't buy an actual fluorescent light bulb to fly in i'd probably use a kind of the same sort of pipe that a mm-hmm. fluorescent light bulb is in, a, a frosted tube, and thread LED tape inside it, RGB LED tape, and operate it by that. So then, in my head, the halogen, the um, fluorescent lights in the weed room are very blue, very purple. Of course, at the end, they become their UV lights. We find out they're ultraviolet because that's how we reveal this stuff that Moses is covered in that's attracting these aliens. And I think when we eventually get to that moment, actual UV light would be able to create that moment very effectively and you would be able to do exactly what the film is saying is happening and so in the weed room i would make that uh the, those flurries uh, a blue a purple but in an underground car park they're very a harsh yellow a harsh white that kind of crisp nighttime vibe that you see and i think that would differentiate to so we could use the same bar to save on your bars mm-hmm. and the same lights but again flying them in lower slightly different color and as well, you have to think, when you're flying a light in lower, just like you were saying about the candelabra, it creates different shadows. It's going to create much longer, much wider shadows like you'd get on a like you'd get in a car park when they're much lower down because the angle's a lot, a lot narrower. Yeah, and absolutely. that would definitely give the same impression. Yeah. And as well, if we're thinking about projection, the tarpaulin's up, so you've got the grayscale background again to project against. It's not hard to project a bit of graffiti or, or markings on the wall like you get in, you get in car parks. Mm. I mean, the underground car park near me has a massive red block that says no exit on it at one point. So I'm not saying all underground car parks have things as obvious as that, but there's definitely things you can you can display there to, to really create that sense. Yeah, I like that. And while we're talking about that then, when we come on into these spaces and we're going to fly things in, we can fly them in quite rapidly, I'm sure, but the idea is that we're running into these spaces. And uh, we were talking a little bit about that before. But do you think we could use sound maybe to communicate that sense of running from one place to another and, uh, and moving sideways instead of up and down as, as, as flying often makes it look like? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you can obviously use soundscapes, but another thing you could do is actually mic up the stage. And when they're in an underground car park, you take the sound of their footsteps and you just put a reverb on it live on stage mm. and you hear that reverb as they run across the stage and that gives the impression of being in an underground car park and then when you're in a corridor you use a reverb again but it's slightly muted and that will give the impression of running down a corridor so you can kind of create those things not only through like your typical soundscapes but also create live soundscapes on stage by miking up around the stage and then using those live sounds and, and placing effects on those I think that'd be really cool That'd be a very good idea. And then tied together with uh, speaker positions as well to give that effect of the sound physically moving around the stage mm. and around the auditorium. That'd be a really nice way of really setting cool. the audience within the space yeah. and within mm. the action. I think that'd be really fun. That's a really cool idea. So we've got a lot of corridors and at the end of the corridors we have lifts um, and there's a lot of scenes that occur in lifts. But I mean, I was thinking mostly what happens is people run in or out of lifts and doors open and close onto different things. But we don't really have much action while the lift is moving so if we're having this sort of two-tiered space then i was thinking really we could just use one set of doors in the set people could go in and out of and we could just imagine that it's, it's moved up and down if if we think that we're looking into a window onto the one part of it that's the, that? i was thinking about that if, if you have a sort of in that that back wall if you have a sort of concealed doorway and when, yeah, that when that opens for a lift, you can just have a, a sort of lit square behind mm. there. You can literally just, because it's behind the set, you could literally put in like the lighting of a lift. Mm. And so when those doors open, there is, yeah, a lift visible for the audience. Mm. Um, obviously, that places it right at the back of the stage. But in some ways, that would help because there's a couple of moments in the lift that would be quite hard to reproduce on stage. For example, when hi-hats men get killed in the lift. Mm. That being a little bit further back from the audience means the detail in the blood and the, the injury doesn't need to be as specific. Mm. Um, so that would probably ease that as well. And you could do something where, so in, in the film it cuts from the, the doors <laughs> closed and then they immediately open again and all everyone's dead. And when you've got that space behind the set to do things, to do things like the door shut and then you simply move something along so that you've got a blood pre-bloodied set there already or something along those lines, I think that'd be a really good way of making it look as if something's happening in real time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the corridors and stuff, it's mm. kind of a simple setting for us to create in a minimalist space. Mm. Um, the one thing that is kind of harder is there's these sort of parkour and like BMX chases mm -hmm. that take place quite yeah. early in the film. Um, I think, first of all, we'd probably have to cut any uh, petrol-powered scooters that they have in the film and bring it just down to BMXs and like parkour-esque mm. running, right? But part of that is you can use the sort of the, the blocks that we were talking about using to create a space that takes that much work to to get over and around and you can create that space. And then the chases might not be quite sort of as dynamic as the film, but you can create they can there can be running back and forth. Mm. Um at the beginning of the film you've got Pest who wants to make this jump from a bridge sort of thing onto a staircase underneath and he can't do it and then he's being chased by an alien and later in the film he does do it um, and it's just a really nice moment I think with that setting you just described I think we could still achieve that mm, definitely yeah and I don't think it's beyond the question to be in search of actors who have these skills already you know casters casting directors nowadays are looking for vastly different things parkour is one of the things that they could definitely be asking mm. and we can really recreate that space on stage so that can be very realistic absolutely Okay, um, I think the last kind of place that we have to talk about, and we've we've used setting to go around a lot of different aspects here, but the last place we want to think about is, is a bin. So we have a character who is stuck in a bin most of the film. And realistically, we, this could be a, just something we cut completely. 
or equally we could just have I think just somewhere there where there is a bit. Um. See what I'd really like to do with this mm. is to take a real life big dustbin, mm-hmm. industrial dustbin, cut the side off it, mm-hmm. replace it with some black gauze, mm-hmm. stick some birdies or maybe some LED tape inside the lid of it. Nice. And so you wheel this what looks like a regular black bin onto the stage at the start of the scene. The lights cut down on the rest of the theatre. They come in inside this bin, revealing behind the scores this kid and these two other people hid inside it. And it'd be tough to achieve. You need the right gauze. You need to light it with the right angle. But I think that would be an amazing reveal. And it'd really create that sense of claustrophobia. And you could still have, in some moments, these monsters, these aliens, walking around the outside of the bin in complete darkness with only their teeth visible to get that sense of complete complete fear and hiding away from these things I and really the dangers like they're facing. And I think we could we could genuinely do that. I in some ways, the lighting inside the bin, you could just have it purely come from a, a, a sort of light that's meant to look like a phone screen because it, in the film, that's all yeah. he's lit by. So you could even have the actor have a sort of... You, you know, you get the screens that just come up as pure white and so mm. it would just light his face. Um, and you could do it that way. And what's great about that is you could have those... The sort of the LED sort of teeth going over it which will give that impression of them being uh, surrounded but then also in that scene he's calling round the block to let people know that it's not safe and that and then you can have spotlights appear on other parts of the stage with people picking up the phone and and learning that it's not safe in the block and that they need to get out as well yeah i agree and if we go back to what we said earlier about if we do have this set of council housing terrace flats at the back of the stage where you can see the windows that are kind of frosted out and you have the ability to light them up individually then you could get this really nice moment of different lights clicking on and off with people silhouetted picking up the phone and again it doesn't increase your cast size because it's just a silhouette it can Mm. be anyone Mm. but you really get that sense of people responding to his calls and figuring out there's really something at at risk here there's Mm. a real danger i wonder if we can do this moment that i really like where most of the film, we only see one or two aliens at a time, and that would be because of their own budget, I assume, and helps us too. But there's one moment there's one moment where we're led to believe that there's only a couple of aliens, and then someone points behind the camera, and the camera whips around, and we see however many it is, 20 aliens climbing up the block. Do you think we can achieve that moment of realising the scale I in think, the theatre? I think... It comes back to how we're representing the alien. Mm. I think either way, if we're representing the alien as this as a dark figure, a dark mm. human, whether it's puppet or real, mm. you can have them creep onto the stage relatively unnoticed, mm. right? And all it would take to create that big reveal is to dim the lights very slightly where the actors are, raise it up very slightly where we've got these puppets hidden, and then turn on their teeth. And suddenly, from the darkness, from these characters who've just subtly crept onto stage mm. where you haven't really noticed these bright blue fangs start shining out at you. And then the audiences realise that it's there. Have you ever seen that clip of the basketballers passing around a, fo- uh, passing around a basketball? And they say, count how many times they pass the basketball. Of course. And I'm then a the, psychology student. It's a very famous psychology experiment. And so then at the end, they, you, they say it was 32 times. And you're like, yeah, I got it right. And then they say, did you see the gorilla? Mm-hmm. And obviously you didn't. It's the exact same moment. Yeah. You can have, you can be focusing on the scene downstage and all of these aliens can be creeping in completely unnoticed until your attention is drawn to them by the lights mm. of the teeth coming on. And I, that can be really terrifying. I think that would work really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking of, of other key lighting moments, then we have this moment towards the end where we realise that the reason why people are being eaten is because they're covered in this liquid that you can see with UV light. 
I just think that's a really cool moment we could quite easily, I think, achieve. Yeah, that is, that's really not that difficult. You just get a couple of UV cannons, probably put them on the fourth stage just to, as a footlight, and then you can, cre- again, get this really nice reveal. Mm-hmm. And so as they walk into the weed room, you can just turn on these UV lights slowly, and it won't make much of a difference to the actual lighting state, and then it suddenly just brings out this luminescent stuff. And that's just something you need in costume as well, to have that luminescent. Exactly, but, yeah. but also it wouldn't necessitate a different costume, because the costume can be covered in this stuff throughout, throughout and, it's, yeah, and, yeah. and it's just when you turn on the light, it becomes visible. Yeah. And then you can have an, another really good reveal moment. I think yeah, that would work really nicely. I think that'd be really yeah. good. The one moment maybe to talk about quickly is the... Well, the, the reason you said about doing it in this space, pyrotechnics, is the, the scene uh, where they are attacking several aliens in a corridor and they're using fireworks to attack the aliens and there's the, the whole place fills up with smoke. Mm. How would we best achieve that? Because the likelihood of just being able to hold fireworks in a theatre is <laughs> pretty slim. Yeah. And, and on um, top of that, what we also have is the camera can find one individual and can be with that one individual who can't see anyone else. Whereas on stage, that's, well, perhaps with lighting we can, but it seems like it'd be very difficult to do. Yeah, so it's often said that lighting in theatre is doing the job of a camera in film because it's directing where the audience are looking, right? Coming back to what I was saying earlier about this smoke-filled stage in the corridor, it'd be quite easy to get shafts of light, probably coming from booms or assemblies, coming kind of sideways, to quickly pierce out different people through the smoke. And then by doing that, you can kind of section off different areas and suggest who this person is able to see and who they aren't able to see. But the difficulty obviously is in scenes like uh, the guy running down the corridor with the fireworks. How do again? I my real struggle with this film is all the motion. How do you follow him in the motion, and when he gets to a certain place, then it's when this this figure appears mm-hmm. because there's there's so much limited space on stage. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do that? And again, I don't know. Coming back to your fireworks though, um, I've been thinking how to do this. I don't have tons of experience in pyro, but uh, one thing that I would do is get some kind of projectile that isn't a pyrotechnic but then hide the pyrotechnic somewhere in the stage so when the projectile goes the pyrotechnic would flash as if it had exploded mm. but actually your projectile just crossed through the side of the stage that you can just collect I think that would work effectively next time especially if you're filling the stage with with smoke in this moment that exactly. would work effectively to see the projectile go see sparks fly there's kind mm. of and you you will just your brain would connect those two things and the lack of space means we can quite realistically say that everything that is fired actually comes from off stage yeah so we don't have to have charges on stage though it can be dangerous and around actors we can have them all fire from off stage and on and just be see them exactly and don't forget the pyro obviously a lot of the effects in the film are Mm. really quite intense but they don't have to be as intense on stage the pyro itself doesn't have to be this massive explosion because you can enhance it all with light the light created from the explosion we can create with stage lights all you want is that sense of spark like i said almost like a a sparkler on bonfire night you want that sense of sparks flying to suggest the pyro so Mm. Uh, avoiding the budget escalating massively (laughs) Uh, yeah it doesn't have to be the the biggest pyro we've all ever seen absolutely and the other moment in this scene is um, where one of the characters gets killed in the smoke so no one else knows quite that he's died yet um, until that that last second just before he's actually killed he sees someone and then he's killed and I think that that, like you're saying using these shafts of light you can quite effectively have someone find him just as the shaft of light finds him we can then see the the teeth of the creature behind him come on and then you can 
you can just cut out the light and and you know that that person's been killed that's mm. and you can even use sort of red light and and fake blood as well if you really want to sort of labor the point but that that kind of being selective with light there would mean that you'd be able to to make that moment really effective i think the only thing running around my mind at the minute is how to remotely dim these teeth of these aliens i think you just have them switch on and off from the man inside yeah, the costume yeah. You can just have control. I think that would be part of the actor's job. I think I think it would have to be. Yeah, it's too many. There's too many to get them all to wireless DMX. Mm. The problem would be is that yes, you can make all of this stuff black, but you couldn't make lights that come on like that black when they're off. Yes, um, and they would still reflect other lights. Yes, um, but, but I think it would be workable. And having the having this big black cloak, if you have a place like almost a flap in it where mm. the teeth can be pulled inside and then put back out again or even simpler could the actor simply have a way to close the mouth yeah that that yeah. could work as well so yeah. that way they can, can sort of, be always on in that case yeah true and they can have full control over when the light is being seen when it's not being seen and, and you can place that responsibility yeah. in an actor's hands <laughs> <laughs> okay um there's one other firework moment which is when they chase the female alien into this hut and then we don't see it happen, but somehow kill it um, with poppers and maybe a knife or whatever. That's a setting that actually we haven't really considered. Do you think that just happens off stage? I don't think it has to happen off stage. I think where it has to happen is somewhere the audience can't see, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean in the wings. I think it wouldn't be that hard to create a setting on stage, either to go back to my go-to by flying in some yeah. kind of structure or even just a screen to silhouette behind. I think just to create a space, even like a flat with slats in it, just like a shed, mm. and have light firing out from this shed, mm. it would give the impression going, of something happening. There. Going back to that that location we talked about with the lift, you use exactly those same doors that you're going to use as the lift later on. Mm. And then that's a place where you can have all of the boys crowd around that space mm. and therefore cover what's happening inside. But then you can have lights going off sort of above them that give the impression of some, you know the commotion happening inside that space that's a great and then idea. and that's kind of yeah you, using that space for sort of dual purpose which would work quite well i think ultimately for me i was quite happy when i saw that scene in the play because i think it was a lot less problematic for us staging it than it could have been because uh the alien itself is probably a lot harder to recreate on stage than the aliens we see later that actually move yeah but that babe that female alien yeah is very rarely mobile so mm. we we see it when it's discovered, and then it scampers off without us noticing, and then it's hidden behind this this shed. And for the rest of the play, it's carried along, and that's a, that's it's not an easy prop to make, but it's a prop that can be made. Yeah. And so to have the killing of it happen behind something, that's a lot easier for us to recreate than if it was done in front of the actor, and you had to have the the actions of the mm. female alien done for. And again, I think we're benefiting here from the fact that, in relative terms, this is a low-budget film, and so we're working in a way, the, the film maker is working in a way in which we can replicate things, because they're not very detailed. That's true. I think, on this topic though, the one thing we do need to discuss is the climactic moment of the big explosion in the flat mm. at the end. Because that is the, almost the crux of the end of the play. We have to recreate that somehow, and it's going to be the most technically challenging moment. It's going to require the most pyro if mm. we're going down that route. But I don't see how you're going to create a huge fireball on stage. Well, I think in the sense of, yes, a gas explosion is extremely hot and extremely wide-ranging. However, if we've got this structure where we have two flats on top of each other or four flats on top of each other then i can see a way in which you can rig one up to explode in a vertical commas in a controlled way where the flats in a 
style of um ha- have either of you seen the jungle I haven't, no. Uh, so in that play, right at the end of the play, the police come to, t- to dismantle the jungle and the places where the audience is sitting, they move away and smoke comes out of them and it happens quite slowly because the idea is that you're being invaded. But in, I can't see why you couldn't just do the same thing but quicker and make just bits of things fall away and all very quickly and maybe have even stagehands throwing a few things out and then all you need is to create the impression of a large amount of fire. But if it's going upstage rather than downstage then we don't have to believe that the heat is hitting us because it could be going the other way that was that was my thought yeah i had a slightly different thought pretty similar is using using that back structure is Mm. if we're doing where the sort of different windows light up Mm. i think what we can do throughout is whenever they go in they enter a flat that window lights up on the back structure so when they enter ron's flat that lights up when they enter moses's flat at the end that one lights up and then what you can do is you can have that lit at the at the back and then you can have moses you can have all of the creatures in in, in the stage space and moses sort of doing his thing to prepare it and then you can have him even go out through that exit the sort of back exit that we were talking about with the um the lift right you could have him leave through there the doors close and then all the lights on stage go off and then you could just do pyros out from that flat on that back structure. But if if the back structure is just a plain, concrete-looking, grey sort of slab that sort of has texture but but is, is just plain and then you're projecting those windows onto it, then that way you can, you can just make an explosion happen projected mm. but you don't have to see anything you know be f- flown about yeah I, and then you just use sparks with pyro from that location that would kind of give that same effect yeah i think i'm gonna be careful with relying on pyro because it just doesn't always work but that that would work well and i think the whole moment after that where he's hanging down has to pull himself up i just don't think it really is necessary i don't think it really adds much yeah and just thinking about this kind of physical act of movement like you were talking about the jungle was it Jake? the mm. jungle um, the show that immediately came to my mind is one that's been touring for about 30 years now with the same set and it's the Inspector Calls mm. and Inspector Calls and that has a huge house on stage that at one point towards the end of the play the whole thing tips forwards towards the op- to the audience the whole thing swings open a load of sugar glass comes out smashes on stage and about five individual pyros go off now that's been happening on stages for about 30 years now and we could create easily the same effect I think this this demands a bigger effect. It demands something more shocking. It's it's kind of the flame aspect of it that that is making me question. But I think if that's possible for them thirty years ago, it's it's possible for us now. Someone who knows more about pyro and stage demolition than I do will be able to provide solutions. I'm sure. And the good thing is the final scene after that is just a load of people outside the block. So you can kind of do whatever you want with that back section as long as you leave part of the front of the stage open to just have a crowd of people and then Moses being arrested and taken off stage. And then him in the police van can even happen off stage um, and and you don't even need to see that moment necessarily. It could do, yeah. Um, and I think the big thing we haven't discussed so far is the hi-hat subplot. So we have this man who tries to make Moses into a cocaine dealer and it's very suspicious of him and him having con- taken control of the block away from him. And then they, the boys in the police car crash into his car. Then they have a fight and an alien drops down and eats high hats his sidekick. And then later in the film, he tries to threaten to kill him with a gun. And then eventually he's killed by the aliens and all, all this stuff happens. Um, I think we can build it in. I think the big question is, how do you crash a car on stage? I think... Yeah, I think it goes back to, I think the simplest way to do it would be using those skeletal car 
things and then you you just do it with flashes of light and loud crash sounds and and you're just going to have to trust the audience to know that a car crash has taken place and i mean you know straight away because the the actors on stage will start screaming about how this car crash has just taken mm. place but i think if you have the clashing of the two headlights a loud explosion or a loud crashing sound and you have flashing sort of strobe lights then that would give the impression of a car crash without having to literally build two cars and crash them into each other <laughs> yeah. every single night which i just don't think is going to be possible no no so that that would kind of be my suggestion. You may be losing some of the effect that it has in the film, but that that is just the difference between yeah, doing course. a car crash on film and doing a car crash on stage. Yeah, I think. yeah. What do you think, Will? I agree. I've had one further thought without wanting to change everything we've discussed completely. <laughs> but go. I was thinking about what you were saying earlier, Jake, and I think you were too kind of about putting it in a, in a minimalist, smaller theatre. And I originally couldn't see how that could be possible until I've thought about theatre in the round. Because theatre in the round, by essence, has very little set. And almost all of the set, or sense of location and time, is created with lighting. Mm. And that solves a lot of your problems with a different location. And I think about any plays where I've tried to create an impression of fire, an impression of water, anything like that. It's always better to create, to recreate the light coming off of these things than try and recreate something that looks like this. So mm. instead of putting uh, an image of fire flickering on a stage you just get a red and a, and a yellow light to flicker from off stage and in the round all these explosions could happen with light coming in as if the explosion itself is taking place so to, to remove completely changing what we've talked about the whole <laughs> how about a suggestion put it in thrust so you can use some of those elements of round from behind the audience, but then you can still have that back of the main tower block. And so we're still keeping, because I think that that's a really important symbol of the, having the tower block throughout, and you can keep that. But in thrust, you can use those elements of fire coming from off stage, crashes coming from off stage that come from behind the audience. And you have more room to run in and out of things. Um, I think making it not end on, having that extra intimacy with the audience allows more movement. As well. Yeah, I agree. Oh, because what I'd worry as well in the round is that you'd, you'd end up with actually in the play would just be people running in and out of, out yeah, of the true. Saying, oh, that's happened, happened over there, and that's happened over there, and nothing would really happen on stage. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it's important to have that back, but that actually does introduce those elements of, of having things in the round and having people run from exit to entrance to exit to entrance. And yeah, I think that works really well. A healthy compromise. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, I think that's everything to talk about. We're pretty much out of time. I mean, we haven't really talked about costume, but. We talked about the costumes for the aliens. Yeah. And then in terms of the, the clothing, it, I mean, it's just... The clothing of the people is just similar to the film. Uh, there's mm. there's no escaping it that the way that they dress in the film works really well for those characters, mm. and it worked in the film. And I don't think that... The, there's no need to exaggerate them in any way for the stage. So mm. I don't think that there would need to be any change made. And there's some real scope for great makeup artistry here as well. All of the injuries... You talk about the scene in the lift with the six or seven dead bodies packed inside some incredible makeup that can be done there to really enhance that scene absolutely yeah yeah and a lot of cool props as well we've got some weaponry that we can have samurai swords there's a a nunchuck bikes and all sorts of things on stage so i think we're pretty much up time then yeah Um, brilliant thanks so much for coming on well no worries thanks Um, for having me i want to put this on now (laughs) let's make it it happen let's do it yeah um when we have money. <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of money, you can donate to our Patreon. Uh, yeah, maybe in the future. But um, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Oh, is there anywhere that people can find you online? 
There is. Um, I'm always open to design work, so my website is www.wilhaymantech.com or send me an email at wilhaymantech at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and check out the plays I've done. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Cool, thanks very much, Will. Right, Jake, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter, at Jake Reesh. That's R-E-E-S-H. And where are you, Kev? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Caleb Lebster. C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R. Nice. Um, and we are Maybe You Like It Productions. You can find us at Maybe You Like It with a text beat you on Instagram and Twitter. At, cool. Yeah, because we're so cool, not because it was already taken. <laughs> and at Maybe You Like It Productions on Facebook. And we're at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or drop us an email at info at maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Those last two are with a regular you, not yes. a text speak you. That's true. Because we're professionals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, see you next week. And maybe you liked that, maybe you didn't. Woo! That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't.